Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Meredith Brock. Well, hi, Kaylee. It's sure good to be back in the studio with you today because we have a real treat for our podcast friends. Many of you remember our therapy and theology series on trust issues, but did you know that Lisa Turkhurst has released a Bible study called Trustworthy based on 1st and 2nd Kings that is out right now. Right now. As we speak, you can get a copy. Mm -hmm. And today, boy, oh boy, do we have a special treat for our podcast friends, and that is you will get to hear a discussion and a deeper teaching from this study with Lisa herself. Also, our director of theology, Joel Mutamale, and our online Bible studies manager, Kendra Schwartz. That is great, Meredith. You know why it's great? Not only because they get to hear the teaching, but because I assigned you in the script to say Joel's name and you did it correctly. So, Joel. Everybody give me a round of applause. right now, congratulate <laughs> Meredith. I've worked really did, hard on you that. You have. Yes. You have. And I'm proud of you. But Thank also, you. Thank you. in this OBS study, you have to learn to pronounce a lot of different names. It's true. But, you know, let's just pause for a second. You know, you and I get really excited about Trustworthy because we've seen mm-hmm. the inner workings of the study. We've got to see Lisa get excited about studying the kings and we've heard her share the raw hard things that she's learned through this process and we've heard teachings and staff meetings you meredith got to go to israel that's right it was incredible i'm still waiting for my turn but that's okay one day Um, but you got to be on site with her when she recorded these study videos there incredibly impactful yes Mm -hmm. but our listeners might be thinking trustworthy i don't know that i want to talk about my trust issues or kings I'm not a king. I don't want to be a king. I'll never be a king. (laughs) Why does this matter to me? Why Mm -hmm. should I study this? But what does it tell me about how to live my life as an average person if if I'm not a king? That's right. And, you know, honestly, Kaylee, I'm glad you brought that up because it's true. Mm -hmm. Looking at the Old Testament kings is really kind of confusing. They have really weird names, kind of Mm -hmm. like Joel. We but love you. <laughs> not only do they have really weird names, but they are living in a completely different culture and yeah. context from what we live in. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to understand the overall context of what's happening in the Old Testament by understanding mm-hmm. what, what, who were these kings yes. and why did they matter. And it really does matter to us today mm-hmm. because it gives us a better understanding of what the Bible is actually saying mm-hmm. to us. So when I got to go to Israel with Lisa— Man, it really made an impact on me. Mm-hmm. But I remember a specific teaching on Jeroboam and Rehoboam mm-hmm. that really, really significantly touched my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll discuss it at the end of this teaching. But first, I want you guys to take a listen to Lisa, Joel, and Kendra unpack a little bit more about this topic. Hey, everybody, and welcome to week two of our Trustworthy Online Bible Study. I'm joined again by Lisa Turkers, who is the author, and Joel Mutamale, who's our director of theology at Proverbs 31 Ministries. And this week, we're studying two kings, and I'm going to attempt my best to say their names, but y'all will correct me if not. Rehoboam. You got it. I got it. Okay, one down. Jeroboam. Wow. Oh, my gosh, you guys. I wrote a banana. Thank you guys so much. Maybe you'll be able to say the name of the kings by the end of the week. We'll see. But this week, we get to see Lisa's teaching video at the end of the week. And Lisa, you are standing in front of 
a high place. Is that correct? That's is that right. what it's called? Yes. And so I would love for y'all to speak into a little bit about what a high place is for those of us who may not know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's give a little context yeah. first. So last week we talked about Saul, David, Solomon. Yes. So first king, second king, third king in the line of kings. Great. Solomon, of course, David's son. David and Saul, not related. Not related. So David comes from a different lineage. It's the lineage of Jesse. Mm -hmm. And that obviously is also the lineage that you keep following down all the way to King Jesus. Jesus. Okay, so that's important. Yes. Um, But Solomon's son now is king over all of Israel, Rehoboam. Got it. So Rehoboam becomes king. Rehoboam, I think there's a very pivotal moment in his life where he decides, he has to make the decision if he's going to take the advice of the younger men or the older men. And Solomon had spent many years building not only the temple, but also his palace. palace, And we unearthed a very interesting fact about that. What was the interesting fact? Yeah, he actually took twice the time to build his own personal palace than he took to build the actual temple. Uh, or the yeah, the temple of God. So really? It's unbelievable. Yes. And so <laughs> because the workers were the Israelites and I think they were from the tribes of uh, Joseph's lineage, right? Yeah. They were the construction workers mm-hmm. and the the ones that are really um, really they're physically taxed in mm-hmm. having to build so much. And so Jeroboam was one of Solomon's advisors. So Jeroboam uh, becomes an advocate for the people and says to Solomon, you're working the people too hard. hard. And there's a falling out and Jeroboam gets exiled to Egypt. He runs, yeah. Egypt always shows up. It's so interesting how Egypt just kind of keeps showing its face every now and then. (laughs) Right, so now Rehoboam is Solomon's son. He's in charge. And when he gets the advice of the younger men and the older men, the older men say, be gentle with the people. Your father was too harsh, made them work too hard. Mm. And so if you will be kind and compassionate with them, they will love you and they will serve you. Forever, like they will be your people. And then he goes, Rehoboam gets the advice of the younger men and the younger men say, no. It's no, 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 no. Don't do it. Yes, you need to be even more harsh with the people and kind of bow up and establish your leadership yeah. by, you know, being even more strict and severe with them. Yeah. And unfortunately, he listens to the younger men. And so there is this great um, moment mm. where the people basically decide we don't want Rehoboam as the king and there's a revolt mm-hmm. and so Rehoboam runs and to honor David Rehoboam who is David's grandson is allowed to still be the king of the southern tribes okay but it's a much smaller Small. section mm-hmm. and by this point Jeroboam has come back oh, from back. Egypt, and now he gets placed by God in the position of being king of all the northern, northern tribes. Wow. And okay. everything is fine. So this is where it starts to get a little confusing in our yeah. study because now the kingdom has split. Yes. So we've got the northern tribes and the southern. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Rehoboam is in the south. And there's a nice diagram in Trustworthy too to show that. Yes. The northern and the southern. And that's one yeah. of the reasons we did the diagram because it can get a little confusing. Complicated. Mm-hmm. But... 
Jeroboam now has been placed by God in this position. And uh, he starts to get worried Mm -hmm. that when the people go to Jerusalem, which is part of the southern kingdom, which is where Rehoboam is, that their affection is going to turn back to Rehoboam. And it's important for the people to go to Jerusalem because that's where the temple is. Yeah, they had to do sacrifice, festivals. And these are ordained by God Mm -hmm. to do these. So these are very honoring of God. But Jeroboam starts to get scared and says, I I, I don't really want the people going going down there because they may see what Rehoboam's doing. They may like him better. They may turn their heart away. Panic and insecurity. Yes, and because of his insecurity, instead of taking a step back and saying, wow, God has put me in this place Mm -hmm. and I will stay here as long as God wants me here, instead of that, I think he starts to get very enamored with the position that he's been given. Mm -hmm. And so he says, what can I do to keep the people from going down to Jerusalem or the people who still go to Jerusalem? I've got to give them a reason to come back. Mm -hmm. So Jeroboam sets up two alternate places of worship, one in Tel Dan and one in Bethel. And he builds high places Mm -hmm. and he sets up golden calves. Which should, you know, send off some reminders of an Exodus story to us. That's right. right. And um, he dishonors God by changing the place of worship, changing the dates and setting up alternate places besides the temple of God for the people to go to because he's more concerned about keeping the, the hearts of the people attracted to him than uh, obedient to God. And so I was very fascinated in this story. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking our guides over in Israel mm-hmm. as we were driving to Tel Dan to film this week's video, yeah. Yeah. what is a high place? Because I've always pictured it. Tell me what you've pictured. Like when you've read in the Bible, a high place, what have you pictured? I'm going to be honest, just something that's above the level ground. So okay. like, a, like, a, like a little mountaintop or just like a something above the people. Okay. okay. Yeah. And what did you picture before we saw it? Um, I think I just pictured some type of monstrous, massive building object that you would have. I just think of dark, you know. And so I pictured like, almost like a deer stand. I don't know if you've ever seen a deer stand. I just pictured like this little wooden structure with idols hanging down. And I don't know, like here's the mountain and then you've got little high places on the mountain. So I don't know why. It's certainly an elevated structure, but I pictured in my mind it's just like this little deer stand thing, you know? I love that. (laughs) And uh, then when we got there, I remember my God saying, no, Lisa, a high place? It's a stage, a platform, or a pulpit. Oof. And I remember when she said that, it kind of arrested my heart because that's not at all what I expected. And sure enough, when we went to Dan Mm -hmm. and we saw the high place that's still there that Jeroboam built, it really is, it has steps that go up and it's this big platform. Mm -hmm. And the important thing to recognize is how that altar or stage platform pulpit, how it's used Mm. determines who it worships. And so if oh, we put things on this stage platform or pulpit that just glorify ourselves mm-hmm. or put on demonstration our distrust of God, which is what Jeroboam did, mm-hmm. then it becomes a high place worshiping not God himself. Wow. And um, that's very relevant to us today. And you think, oh, well, 
You know, I'm not a preacher. I don't have a pulpit. I don't have a stage. Mm -hmm. But in today's social media world, we all have platforms. Yes. Wow. And even if you only have a few people that are following you or or looking at whatever it is that you're posting, um, or even if you're in leadership in any way, if yeah. you are influencing another person, you have a platform. It doesn't mm-hmm. require social media, but certainly yeah. I bring that up because I think social media has given everybody mm-hmm. who's on it a platform. Yeah. Then we have a real responsibility to use that platform in a way that glorifies and honors God. Yeah or to put on display our own areas of distrusting God and glorify and honor ourselves, mm. glorify or honor our political position, glorify yeah. or honor our opinions. And so it became very applicable yeah. to me. Yeah, that's and, so good. And I felt very challenged by it. Yeah. So that's what you'll get to see in this week's video. Wow, stage, a pulpit, or a platform. platform. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you mentioned there was, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of lessons on control and maybe giving up control or taking control on trying to manipulate situations in this week's study. But what are some other things that we can um, look out for that are relevant to us today? What other lessons? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things I love about this study, uh, one of the things that Lisa brings out, is also images of the story of the people of Israel, not just in First and Second Kings, but also the retold story from the past. And mm-hmm. so I kind of joked a little bit earlier about these golden calves, but again, it's one of those reminders that, wait, this isn't the first time mm-hmm. a golden calf shows up. And even the language that Jeroboam uses in order to describe uh, these are the golden calves that have brought you out of Egypt. Yeah. And you're thinking, wait a minute, is that the real story? Did the golden calves actually bring them out of Egypt? Who brought? And it goes back to this idea of trust, like and going back to our stories, and that's what was real personal for me, of thinking, oh yeah, Joel, who delivered me <laughs> in my times of wow. distress? And it's easy at times to think, well, you know, I kind of did this or somebody did that, but not to really pay attention to the fact that actually it was God. Mm-hmm. God's story, God's fingerprints are in all of this. And so um, I think that's one of the exciting things that you'll see as the kings and as the people look back on their past story, yeah. it helps us, encourages us to kind of, I always talk about it as a theology of remembrance, building this theology of remembrance of what has the Lord done in my life and how should that actually inform how I think about my future? And I think for me, um, it's a reminder to me that fear is a real litmus test mm. of where my trust is wow. and where my dependence is. Yeah. And so sometimes when we feel afraid, yeah. then um, we have the greatest opportunity to put on display either trusting God or distrusting God. Mm-hmm. And I don't say it lightly because certainly I understand how tough fear can be and I know what it feels like to look ahead and in my human estimation see nothing but threatening circumstances and feel so afraid Hmm. that I start to want to control anything I can control to eliminate and take away some of the sting of fear Mm because fear is really difficult and so I don't at all diminish the intense feelings of fear. But I do think, how can we, even in the face of fear, Mm -hmm. learn to trust God? 
And I think this week will be very profound for people. Um, and certainly it is a good lesson that we can learn from Jeroboam. And I think also what shocked me is Jeroboam, it, 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 yes, he built these high places. And yes, he manipulated the people and t- tried to take control. And yes, he felt afraid. And mm-hmm. out of that fear mm-hmm. came his distrust of the Lord. But I can't say that in my estimation, I would have thought about Jeroboam then being the king that all the rest of the kings who are evil are compared to. Yeah. But as we keep reading through these books, the good kings are compared to David and the evil kings are compared to Jeroboam. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. interesting. And when I look at what Jeroboam did, I go, wow, this fear that Jeroboam had that led him to control and manipulate and lead other people away from being obedient Mm -hmm. to God was a much bigger deal to God than uh, what I ever estimated before. So I think it's, um, I think it's really important to address. It's not something to go, oh, you know, (laughs) I'm a fearful person. I don't want to be considered an evil person. (laughs) So that's why it's so important to do this week. That's why it's so important that we study the patterns of distrust Mm -hmm. so that we can identify where they're at in in our own life. And trust is kind of one of those things that unless we have someone else speaking into us of how to get from here to here, like from a place of distrust to a place of trusting, from a place of fear, control, manipulation to a place of walking with an obedient heart to God, sometimes you've got to have somebody else outline that path for you. And that's what this week's study will do. That's good. And you mentioned having somebody else speak into your situation. Hopefully you listen to maybe the the wise counsel, not the the younger ones. You know, Mm. it's good to have somebody there that might be ahead of you in the faith so they can't speak into your situation. And then hopefully take that advice, but I haven't taken it all the time. So I'm excited to study this week. Thank you both so much. And we're excited for you to dig into scripture because we know once you do that um, you will learn it and you will live it and then it changes everything. So let's say the tagline, when you know the truth and and live the the truth, truth, it it changes changes everything. everything. Have a good week too, everybody. That was so good. Man, Mm. every time I hear that teaching, and it's got to be the third or fourth time that I've listened to that, I'm always so challenged every Mm. time I listen to that. And I want to give a quick recap for our listeners. And then, Meredith, I want you to share um, how the Lord um, just impacted your life through that teaching. So in this teaching, Lisa said, God is faithful to keep his promises despite the unfaithfulness of Mm. his people. Mm. And then the safest place for me, is in the center of God's will. Yeah. Incredible. Whatever captivates our heart fuels our actions. And then if we stray from God's word, we will stray from God himself. So Meredith, why don't you share with the listeners? Well, those takeaways alone right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could sit and think and meditate on those Mm -hmm. all day long. You know, there's a lot of that you could really implement in your life if you spent some time thinking about those. But for me specifically, when Lisa was teaching about this in Israel for me, I remember we were, you know, standing in this kind of weird national park (laughs) that we had to take this gator back in to like get to the right place to be able to film. And as she was teaching about Jeroboam, I was just remembering in my own life, I was facing some things at the time Mm -hmm. that I really felt like the Lord had made some promises to me, you know, and he had made them in the past and I hadn't seen them fully come to Mm -hmm. pass yet. And if I'm honest, I was kind of afraid that Mm -hmm. they were never going to 
come to reality. And I, I kind of saw in the story of Jeroboam that I wonder if that's how he felt. Mm. You know, like God made him this promise that he was going to be king and he was going to rule God's people, but he got afraid. Yeah. Because he was like, man, they're going to go to the other kingdom and they're going to go down there to worship. What if they never come back? Mm-hmm. You know? And so then Jeroboam goes and he, he starts hustling. Mm-hmm. And how many times am I guilty of that? Yeah. Right? Of me trying to fulfill God's promises to me. Because if I'm really honest, I don't think he'll come through. Mm. I want to say that I, I really, really believe yeah. that he's going to come through. But I, I, I find myself thinking, man— He's got so many bigger things to worry about, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's my one little promise? Or maybe even, like, did I hear him right? Yeah. You know, like, did I really hear? Was that really a promise that he mm-hmm. made me? Um, and I tend to come up with solutions of my own because I think God doesn't want to take care of me mm-hmm. or take care of it, the promise he made to me. Mm-hmm. And he needs my help somehow to yeah. actually make it happen. When in reality, that is just not what scripture says. Mm-hmm. God doesn't do that. He doesn't forget. He doesn't make a promise and ever break it. When I was mm-hmm. in my 20s, I had an older lady mentoring me, and she used to say to me all the time, Meredith, if God ever breaks one promise, he can no longer be God. Yeah. And it sat with me. It sat with me my whole life ever since that conversation because mm-hmm. I can go back to that and say, okay. Mm-hmm. He has to fulfill his promise. He has to, mm-hmm. because if he doesn't, then he's no longer God. Wow. Um, so really for me, it was such a good reminder. This teaching was such a good reminder that I don't need to take things into my own hands. Wow. I don't need to hustle and maneuver to fulfill God's promises for me. Yeah. I really can just obey him mm-hmm. and trust that he is who he says he is and who he is is fully trustworthy. That is so good, Meredith. Mm. And I love that you just in being on set there Mm. for that filming got to take away that. But Mm. I think also the way, the fact that you had a takeaway from that teaching was because you're studying the Bible and context with a community of people who help guide you in processing your trust issues. That's right. Like if I were to think about, is it Jeroboam? Yes. Okay. Jeroboam. Jeroboam. (laughs) If it were Jeroboam, back in the day, building another temple where he wasn't supposed to, who in his life wasn't speaking into right. his own personal trust issues. That's there. right. And if you're listening, I know trust issues are never, ever fun to talk about. Yeah. We don't want to talk about those. Hurts. But the proper place to talk about them is in community with people who are like-minded believers. And That's what better right. place to do that than with Proverbs 31 Ministries online Bible studies. That's right. And you can do that Today, right now, we are in the middle of doing Trustworthy, and you can access these videos that we've talked about where this content from the podcast yes, today Yes, you came can actually from. see yes. where we filmed this. Yes, you can. Um, and we have things like small groups and online mm-hmm. Bible studies. We have Facebook posts all the time. Melissa and Kendra host them in there. The perfect combination of hilarious and just deep down Bible lovers. They're yes, great. I love it. But we have literally thousands, like almost, I'm sure, like hundreds of thousands of women studying all the time with us at Proverbs 31. And I just think right now, if you're in a situation where you need to process things or you're looking for guidance on how to understand what the Lord is doing in your life and how to trust Him more, then you need to sign up for an online Bible study today. And so if you want to do that, you can go to proverbs31.org 
and click study and it will take you exactly where you need to go. Yeah, hit that online Bible studies tab. And if you don't happen to have a copy of the study, Mm -hmm. we would love to encourage you to zip right on over to p31bookstore.com, grab your copy, Mm -hmm. sign up for the online Bible study and come and unpack unpack (laughs) your trust issues with us in a biblical community. Absolutely. And let's just mention here that every time you make a purchase from Proverbs31.org or the P31 bookstore, that a portion of your purchase goes back to support the ministry. And so while you're shopping and buying Trustworthy or whatever else you see on our bookstore, you're also helping support us financially. That's right. Well, friends, that's about all the time we have left today. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that what you heard helps you know the truth and live the truth of God's word. We'll see you next time. 